I'm Nicolas Bornozis of Capital Inc. And uh, I am delighted to welcome uh, Captain Rajiv Kausik of Synergy Group to our session, our discussion that is titled Fighting in the Trenches, the Ship Captain's Viewpoint. Captain Rajiv Kausik has been a captain for, has been at sea for over 12 years. He has been working with Synergy Group. He has been uh, primarily um, uh, a captain on tankers, and uh, he has gone through all, all this experience uh, with the pandemic. He just came back from sea at the end of February. Uh, he came back from sea at the end of February. So he has unique insight to share with us. And the, the title of our session, Fighting in the Trenches, is exactly spot on because Captain Kausik has been at the front line uh, battling all the adversities that uh, have arisen from the current situation. So I'm delighted to welcome him um, to our discussion. I'd like to thank the Synergy Group uh, for allowing us to uh, uh, discuss with the captain. Captain, thank you very much for joining us. Uh, thank you very much, uh, Mr. Nicholas, uh, and I'm delighted to be uh, to uh, to be part of this discussion. And uh, thank you very much for uh, inviting me. You know, it's a pleasure to be here uh, to to be with you. Of course, and you know, when we talk about operational excellence, because that is <clears throat> the theme of our forum, operational excellence, of course, comes from the top, from the owners, from the company, but also comes from the captain of the ship. Uh, who is the person running the actual ship uh, at sea. So can you share with us a little bit about your background, how long you've been uh, captain, as I, I saw in your um, information that you've been for over 12 years. I have seen that you have uh, mastered primarily tankers. Uh, and what, uh, what routes have you sailed uh, <clears throat> primarily on? Is it Asia? Is it global? Uh, yes, sir. So uh, I've, uh, I, I'm sailing since uh, two, uh, 1995. I started as a cadet in 1995. I became a master in uh, 2005. I joined the Synergy Group in 2015. And uh, primarily, I've been a master on, uh, on chemical tankers. Uh, but I also I, I sail also on uh, product tankers, crude oil tankers. And I have uh, sailed to almost uh, all parts of the world where the chemical tankers go. You know? So it's uh, almost uh, all the continents where the, where the ships go. So you've been a captain for quite a long time. Can I ask you, you have witnessed and experienced a number of changes taking place in the industry during your time as a captain. Can you share with us a couple of the major changes that you have experienced and you have considered as such? Uh, there have been uh, quite, a, quite a few changes and uh, like good changes, you know, like the technology has improved a lot, you know, the navigation systems, uh, navigation equipments have become uh, better, more user-friendly, the radio communication uh, equipment have become better, uh, the communication like, you know, the phone calls, internet, you know, uh, a lot of uh, good things have happened, you know, which have made the life easier. And uh, also like, you know, uh, the electronic engines, uh, engine, and then, uh, you know, like new, re new regulations coming in, you know, for, uh, for, the, for, I mean, for better, betterment of the 
shipping, uh, you know, uh, shipping operations and uh, protection of the environment. So there are a lot of uh, good things happening. And they you know, like uh, I say, on the crewing side, you know, the number of crew members have reduced, automation has increased. Uh, also, like, you know, there is a, with this uh, technology, change of technology, there's certain drawbacks. Like, for example, I can say, like, uh, now we have uh, access to internet. So there's like a minute by minute update uh, from the family members about what is happening. So for example, if there's a, there's a small issue, you know, like uh, I'll give you an example. My, my daughter, she underwent uh, an operation for appendix, you know. So, I mean, if uh, my wife was updating me uh, minute by minute or the, the person who was operating, the doctor who was operating my, on my daughter, she, uh, he is a, a good friend of mine. So if he was updating, now I'm doing this, now I'm doing that. So I, I, I might have panicked, you know, uh, you know, I might have got stressed. So, you know, like with more and more communication, some stress has also increased, you know. So there, but mostly it is for good, you know. You know, we are speaking to a broad audience uh, right now, uh, not only of people in shipping, but also investors, financiers, uh, a broader audience. And I and I hope that uh, the you know our uh, delegates realize the amount of sophistication, training, and complexity that you as a master have to have in order to run these modern ships which are so technologically advanced, but at the same time, so complicated. Anyway, let me move to the human factor a little bit more. Um, I wanted to ask you, what is the typical composition of the crews of the vessels that you have been uh, mastering? Uh, different nationalities have different cultures, different culinary preferences, and speak different languages. If you have different crews on a ship, how do you manage this diversity? Or do you prefer to have uh, ships with the crew from one nationality? Uh, I do not uh, mind sailing with uh, any uh, nationality because, you know, we are, we're just seamen, you know, like on the ship, we are not like Indians, Russians, Croatians, uh, you know, Filipinos, we are just seamen, you know, and we are like different ranks, master, chief officer, third engineer, fourth engineer. So there's, um, uh, there's hardly any issue, you know, Sometimes some differences are there, but we, we sort it out, you know, we, we, we talk about those things. And about the culinary preferences, uh, I would say like, you know, uh, we have usually in our company, I can say we have a mess committee. Uh, so they provide suggestions to the chief cook about uh, different dishes which should be prepared um, on a monthly basis. And then the cook comes and discusses with me, you know, so we try to take care of everybody's culinary uh, preferences. And also like, you know, uh, we try to celebrate all the festivals, you know? Uh, so we uh, try to, you know, take care of everybody's culture, you know? And, uh, and, and see like, we are, we are family for each other. At see, we are family for each other. So we try to celebrate small events like somebody's birthday, somebody's kid's birthday, you know? Somebody's wife's birthday. So we, we just try to, you know, uh, like uh, twice or uh, once or twice in a week, sit together, eat together, you know, so to, you know, keep everybody happy. Very interesting point that you raised. And I have to confess uh, myself, I was not aware 
of the critical significance, for example, of the cook on the ship uh, until I listened to a webinar. Uh, and there they were discussing exactly how vital is the role of the cook, because as you mentioned, you have to put together, you have to respect, you have to accommodate everybody's cultures, expectations, culinary preferences. I mean, the ship is a microcosm of the broader society. So you're right, but managing that uh, complexity and diversity, I'm sure it's not easy. So um, let's now go more to the human factor again. The human factor and crews, because of the pandemic, they have uh, gotten global attention. Uh, and uh, we are in a crisis, we have been in a crisis. So can you describe to us, what are the biggest plights that the crews are facing today? Is it exposure to health risks, to mental uh, risks, fatigue uh, from prolonged uh, staying on board? What is it about? And you as the captain, are there any procedures or precautions that you take to safeguard the well-being mentally and physically of the crews during this pandemic period? Yes, uh, this pandemic uh, has changed many things, you know, like uh, initially, like last year, when it just came in, when it was declared a pandemic, you know, nobody knew what it is and uh, what, uh, what are the procedures to deal with this uh, pandemic, you know. And later on, um, I mean, uh, very quickly, uh, uh, IMO uh, gave us guidelines, um, WHO gave us guidelines and also the company prepared an outbreak management plan, you know. So uh, we knew exactly like how to go about, uh, you know, the, uh, what precautions to take when we are arriving a port, when we uh, are, you know, when, when the visitors are, come on board. And also like, uh, you know, during this uh, pandemic, many countries, they have uh, kind of put a lockdown. So the crew members cannot go ashore. Previously, like uh, once in a while, people used to go ashore, you know, relax a bit. But now, like, once they board the ship and till the time they sign off, they, they're just staying on board. Uh, also, the sign-on, sign-off is an issue because the, the limited flights, you know, and the, the, there's a quarantine period, you know, you have to arrive early and you have to be quarantined. So this brings a little bit of stress. Also, you know, like uh, every seafarer has a family member, you know, at home who is sick. And, and you know, with, with the limited amount of knowledge about this disease, you know, and uh, and uh, and the medicines which are available, they 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 just like hidden trials. Still, you know, like there's no perfect medicine for COVID. So when when the seafarer hear about their their family members, you know, falling sick with this uh, COVID nineteen, they get a little bit of stress out, and this brings a little bit of mental stress, you know. So there, you know, like we have to reassure each other, you know, the things will be okay. We have to take care of each other. We have to take care of each other's mental uh, health also. We have to see the signs of stress because otherwise the ship's operation might get affected, you know? So these things uh, really have to be taken care of. And uh, also, uh, you know, like many countries, uh, IMO and as well as many countries have, uh, you know, they've designated seafarers as key workers which is really good, you know? So this will uh, help uh, uh, getting us uh, vaccination with, with priority. Also the travels, travel, travel arrangements may be 
they will become a little easier. Kevin, did you have to deal with uh, situations where somebody, someone from the crew on board was COVID positive? And how did you go about handling this? I haven't really had any case of COVID uh, positive uh, person on board, but like I have heard about uh, situations where people have uh, got infected with COVID, you know, and then uh, the, the, co the port, uh, not allowing the person to disembark and you know, fearing that the people ashore might get infected. You know, so there was a delay in getting medical attention, which is really a sad part, you know. So I think uh, there certain guidelines should be developed uh, regarding, you know, uh, how to take care of uh, crew members who are COVID positive. And uh, also like, uh, you know, like, uh, even though we are we're just a small part, a small uh, portion of, of the global population, we are just small uh, percentage of people, you know, but the value addition which we make to the world economy is, is very big, you know. So, uh, I mean, the governments uh, should understand, you know, that, uh, I mean, uh, we, we play an important part in the economy. economy. So, uh, so, the guidelines should be developed uh, about how to you know, deal with the uh, uh, COVID positive uh, case on board and the government should help us uh, getting treatment. Kevin, can I ask you, uh, this is not something we discussed before, but uh, when you are running the ship, are there any precautionary measures that you take? For example, do crew members need to be tested with a certain regularity? Uh, how does it work? Did you do it before you go to a port? Um, is there a schedule for that? Yes, we do have an outbreak management plan, which details like uh, the number of uh, PPE kits, you know, gloves and everything, the minimum amount which we, which, are, which we are required to keep on board all the times, you know, and then it is also details like the COVID appropriate behavior, you know, uh, how, how to, you know, uh, go about, uh, yeah, you know, uh, interacting with people uh, from shore when we when we reach port, you know, uh, and also like if somebody is COVID positive, how to treat that person, you know, how to isolate that person, and we do, uh, you know, really take care of uh, you know the crew members because uh, if a person, if one crew member falls sick, then uh, I think I'm I'm sure like almost everybody will fall sick because it's a small place, you know, and. Uh, this will be a big problem because, you know, many countries might not, you know, uh, allow people to disembark. We might be put in quarantine. So we really do take care about, uh, you know, and like when we are interacting with uh, the shore personnel, that time also we are really careful, you know, we, we follow the proper guidelines. You're raising a very interesting point because a lot of people exactly, they look at the ship and uh... You know, the ship could potentially uh, have people who are infected and transmit COVID to the onshore people. But at the same time, as you point out, when you go to a port and you are coming into contact with the onshore personnel, cargo deliveries, uh, supplies, and so on, you are putting yourself at risk and you have to follow certain protocols to make sure that, you know, nothing happens one way or the other. So very interesting and very I would say complicated uh, and a lot of things to uh, uh, take care of and oversee and, and manage. Um, 
let me ask you, uh, with a prolonged uh, stay on board, and sometimes crews getting, you know, seafarers getting uh, anxious or unhappy, does the crewing crisis potentially pose a safety risk for the whole ship operation? You don't have crews who are well, well physically and mentally. Could that translate into uh, a safety issue for uh, for the ship? Yes, of course. Like if the crew members uh, are uh, not uh, mentally uh, perfectly okay, you know, then uh, then they will not perform well, and this might uh, affect the ship operations, you know. And uh, our company has. Uh, Taken up a very good initiative. Initially, we we started with a uh, with a program called iCall, which was uh, in collaboration with the uh, Tata Institute of Social Sciences. You know, where a person who is you know uh, uh, who, who is uh, depressed or feeling uh, who's facing anxiety, he could just uh, call a toll free number, you know, and get counseling. And now uh, we have our uh, own uh, program, which. Uh, in collaboration with PTC, Synergy Group, in collaboration with PTC, we, we have a program called V-Team, you know? So this is a similar program, you know, which, uh, where we have counselors which, who can help uh, people who are, you know, who are facing stress, you know? And like, and we, we try to deal with it uh, on board, you know? Uh, the senior people, they try to, you know, counsel the, the junior staff and, you know, like also the peers, each other, you know, we, we, we try to, you know, uh, calm uh, each other, you know, if somebody's stressed and all. But we also have this program, which is really, very really nice, you know, so people can uh, get a professional help uh, through these uh, programs like V-Team. And I know that Synergy Group has really made a big effort and a lot of initiatives in that respect, and the group has been a pioneer in terms of providing help to uh, the seafarers. Yes, that is correct. I mean, like this is uh, not only for synergy people. This is open for all yes. all seafarers, you know, all over the globe. This is open to everybody. Of course, uh, and I think we're going to be talking about it uh, in uh, in our uh, session where we talk about charities that um, exactly are out there to help uh, seafarers. But that's a commendable, a highly commendable initiative that I wanted to highlight on part of Synergy Group. Now, let me ask you. Uh, Let's go to India. And you're Indian. Uh, it seems that Indian crews have been hit harder by the crisis in a harsher way. Can you share with us some details of the current situation and has it improved at all? And is there something that can be done in the short or the long term to alleviate this crisis? Yes, like uh, there has been a problem in India. You see, like uh, the thing is, like we are a very big country. We have a big population, so even uh, like a small percentage translate into big numbers, you know. And when you see those numbers, you know, like uh, the reaction is like many countries they ban flights from uh, India. You know, like uh, so the movement is uh, is stopped. So then the crew change gets affected. You know, crew changes, people are not able to join, people are not able to sign off. And also like, you know, the health infrastructure uh, needs a little bit of improvement because of that, you know, we, we have had uh, issues with like, like uh, we have had a lot of uh, COVID cases, although the government uh, made a very good effort, you know, to immediately, you know, uh, 
put in a lot of money into the health infrastructure, you know, putting up a lot of oxygen plants and all. But yes, there was a problem, but, but now uh, things are quite under control, quite under control. And I hope uh, by the end of June, things will be almost uh, like they were in January or December last year. You're giving us a very optimistic message and I hope uh, that uh, this is indeed the case. But now going away from the Indian situation to the more global situation, from the various measures that have already been taken, what do you consider the most effective to address the crewing crisis? I think designation of seafarers uh, as key workers, you know, giving them a vaccination of, on priority, you know, and, uh, and uh, easing the travel restrictions. This is the, you know, the best thing that can be done for, for, the, for alleviating the crewing crisis, you know? So this is, uh, this is what needs to be done, you know? Because we run the, uh, uh, the uh, like 90, 90% of the world trade is carried on through shipping, you know? So we are like an important part of the world economy and, and we, we need to travel because the ships need to run. So we need to travel, you know, and, and uh, also like uh, our competency courses and all, they should be like, you know, like, like nowadays people not able to renew their licenses, do their competency courses. And, you know, that is also affecting their joining ships. So uh, the governments must, you know, uh, make a proper procedure and also start this online learning and testing procedures so that you know people can renew their licenses and do their courses and, and uh, join back, join the ships. Captain, uh, when it comes to resolving or addressing the, uh, the crewing crisis, a global issue, um, you need the cooperation of ship owners, charters, governments, all stakeholders. Do you have any suggestions in terms, uh, I mean, you're the person at sea running the ship being at the front line, fighting in the trenches. When you talk to these stakeholders, do you have any advice or recommendation to them? Yes, I mean, like some countries, they have done a very good job, like Singapore has done a very good job in, you know, like in, uh, developing proper procedures about crew change, you know? Like, so, so if, they, if the procedure is set, you know, so everybody knows what is to be done. So, so I, I, I mean, I have a suggestion that, uh, the owners, charters, and uh, you know the different uh, stakeholders. They, they uh, uh, I mean, wherever possible, you know, uh, I mean, they have to go a little bit out of their way, and wherever possible, try to help. Uh, you know, the seafarers in, uh, you know, sometimes the, the contracts might be prolonged a bit. Uh, sometimes they have to be shortened a bit. You know, but wherever we uh, they get a chance, the crew change should happen so that you know people, you know, because because we. Uh, I mean, uh, we cannot stay on the ships endlessly. Yeah? So, uh, and also the governments uh, need to, you know, develop uh, certain procedures for traveling and, uh, you know, uh, uh, also like the quarantine and all, you know, the nowadays uh, there's sometimes there is like, uh, in certain countries there's like arbitrary, you know, uh, certain they, one day they say, okay, the quarantine should be for this much time. Other said quarantine should be uh, for some other period, you know. So everybody should follow the WHO guidelines, and the, a standard procedure should be developed for quarantine, for uh, you know, crew change and everything. Captain, coming to the last question of our of our discussion, do you see yourself continuing to sail for some time longer? 
since there have been stories about many seafarers retiring early or young people looking for other vocations rather than um, shipping? Uh, let me tell you, like uh, being at sea is very exciting. You know, it's it, it's like uh, like uh, in insurance, in marine insurance, they call it adventure. Everybody is called adventure. It's really ad adventure. You know, so I would like to sail as long as I can. You know, it's uh, I mean, uh, I love to be at sea, and uh, there are challenges in every field. You know, and uh, if there are no challenges, the life uh, life becomes so monotonous. You know, so you know. Uh, Shipping is quite exciting, and I, I would like to sail as long as I can. Do you see that affecting the current situation, affecting younger people who may not choose shipping as a career as they used to in the past? I think this is just a, a short phase, you know, because of this pandemic, they might uh, feel, you know, that uh, because of this growing crisis, they might feel, you know, that this is not the right field to join. But as things improve, you know, they, uh, people, uh, they will understand that, like, uh, that there are challenges in every field, you know, and you have to face them. So I think, uh, uh, you know, like uh, it, it is going to be over soon and uh, the younger people, they will, they will still come out to see. Captain, thank you very much for our discussion. It's been very interesting, very inspiring actually to hear from a person who has been at the front line in the trenches I'd like to thank you for your service. I'd like to thank you for your insight. And I would like to thank the Synergy Group for allowing us to um, have this discussion with you. Thank you very, very much. Thank you very much, Mr. Nicholas. And it was a pleasure uh, talking to you. Thank you very much.